Welcome back to the Gay15 interview and welcome to this first interview of 2024. I'm Andy and your host for this monthly discussion with experts and amazing guests from throughout our homeland security community. This is one of our recurring Gay15 podcasts, which include our weekly security sprint, Dave Pounder's Nerd Out, and starting this month, our new podcast, Venue Security, the IAVM podcast series. That first episode dropped just about a week ago. You can still check that one out. Please subscribe, listen, and learn more about the threats and risks facing us every day. <clears throat> Welcome to another year of Gifting Podcast, and I couldn't think of a better way to kick things off than with a valued, respected, and highly successful leader, founder, recognized security expert, and all-around really good guy, Eric Foster. Eric, thanks for joining me. You're presently the Chief Operating Officer at Stairwell, one of many hats that you've worn over the many years we've known each other. So happy 2024. I'm super excited to kick things off with you this year. Welcome back, or welcome here, I should say. Welcome yeah, ha happy 2024, brother. Really great to connect as always, and thanks so much for having me. Yeah, it's really my privilege. I'm so glad we get to do this. We should have done this a number of times over the years, to be honest with you, and you're welcome back anytime that you want to be back on. But let's let, let's introduce you to those that are listening that, that maybe don't know your story, who you are, where you've come from. You're You're truly one of those been there, done that, guys. You've had great experience developing into the expert that you are today. And a lot of that informed your entrepreneurial success as well, which is awesome. Can you walk our listeners through Foster? You know, issue one, right? If this was a comic book and your origin story to becoming the success that you are today? Yeah, I, lo I love that question. I love the superhero origin story uh, <laughs> talk track. And, you know, we we lean into that superhero branding at Stairwell. So you give me a great intro. Awesome. Um, the my story, you know, Midwest kid, um, you know, wanted to be in the FBI originally went into went into college to go political science and FBI and um, figured out really quick that the fastest way into the FBI was actually through the uh, accounting and forensic accounting side, switched over to that and then figured out that if I was going to do numbers and a bunch of other stuff like that, I was way better at doing it on a computer. And so I landed real quick in computer engineering and computer science, started my own computer business, got into web design and web hosting and um, you know, then kind of was off to the races with a technology career. So I've been, man, you know, 27, 28 years uh, in front of the keyboard doing a variety of businesses and virtually almost all of that in cybersecurity. Um, you know, was an early web design, web hosting guy. And in those early days looked at like, not just making the computers connect to each other and talk to each other, not just hosting a website, but like understanding how to do it securely. And that led me into what became my first CISO job for a Midwestern super regional financial institution, uh, which led to another couple CISO jobs, which led to uh, entrepreneurial stint in consulting and then uh, starting a couple different businesses along the way. So uh, really grateful for a lot of people that have helped me to this point and uh, a lot of great influences, you know, maybe most recently before this had the great opportunity of working directly for the legendary cybersecurity entrepreneur, Gary Fish. Um, and, you know, he and I and a great team around us started a company called Sideris, um, you know, un under the Fish Tech Group brand. And then uh, we sold that to private equity. And then that uh, led me here to be able to come over and join my good friend, Mike Wysak at Stairwell. Yeah, so I, I love all of that. For starters, I love the way, you know, decisions we make, things that happen along the way, just like guide this entire path and story that we're on, right? So from Foster issue one, you know, to Foster issue 236, right? That, that storyline is just awesome. It's, it's just so fun to see how people get to where they were. So we'll talk a little about Sterile in just a minute, but I want to go back 
and talking about outside there. So I think, you know, let's dive into what you've done as an entrepreneur, right? So I mean, I can remember a conversation we had many years ago now when Sidera was still an idea you were developing. And then I had the chance to see your meteoric rise from there. The idea became real. It became, you know, something really powerful. Like you said, you linked up with some great people along the way. It's awesome to see how that progressed for you. Can you talk a little about those early days, taking an idea, developing it into a business? I'd love to hear maybe a few of your favorite stories or tips for those that maybe think about making that jump themselves, right? Guys that are sitting here now with maybe the great idea, technology, innovation, whatever it is, and thinking, you know, can I make that leap? You did make that leap, and it's been incredible. Can you talk a little about that? Yeah, absolutely, Andy. So um, I, I believe fundamentally, like, one of the best things of any kind of startup person is taking solving your own problem, basically, like scratching your own itch, so to speak. And that was like my full genesis of Sideris was quite literally, I was in my, you know, what was my third CISO job. And I had to go out and look for a managed service. Basically, I, I took the CISO job, I came in to reboot a security program, like I knew what I was getting into. And they hired me to like, we're here to reboot our security program and approach and, you know, I laid out a big multi-year plan for them, laid out a great architecture, design, everything else, sat down with a really talented CFO. He looked at my plans and just started laughing. And he's like, yeah, there's no way, like, no way you're going to be able to hire this many people, do all this, like afford all this. Like, you're going to have to go out and find another way to do this. And it, it was all right. You know, I really wanted to kind of build this versus go buy it. But we're going to have to go buy a managed service, basically, is the only way to get there. Yeah. And I kind of tried to explain to him, I'm like, but I, I really don't believe that very many of the managed services that are out there were really effective at the time. You know, they were either really expensive or they were dependent on a technology stack that we couldn't even afford. Like quite literally, it was like some of the best managed services out there at the time. It was like, well, you have to be a Splunk customer. You have to have this technology stack and nothing against Splunk, but it was like the Splunk license for our enterprise was going to be more than my entire security budget just to yeah. go get the tool that these guys needed me to have to work with them. And so it's like, that, you know, that's crazy cliche, infomercial cliche, like there has to be a better way. And uh, quite literally, that led me to a discovery journey with Gary Fish to say, like, Gary, I, I need something that solves for this problem and there isn't anything else out there. And Gary, uh, very frustratingly at the time, basically gave me the challenge and said, like, it, if this doesn't exist, why don't you come build it? Yeah. And uh, that was literally sort of the genesis of Sideris. I quit my CISO job. I, uh, you know, I know uh, you laughed at it when I did it, but, you know, I did this kind of Jerry Maguire rant on a big trust group that we're both a part of, of like, this whole thing is terrible. I'm leaving. Who's coming with me? And, uh, you know, basically kind of ranted against this current state of the security industry saying, you know, we're spending more than ever. We're getting less than we ever did. We're, we're losing the battle, so to speak. And there has to be a better way. And I believed that, um, you know, ultimately that there could be and kind of took that, you know, did the hard thing about hard things and tried to go from zero to one. And we, you know, put a team together and went and to try to solve this problem. But ultimately, you know, to directly answer the question is about building the thing that I always wanted to buy. You yeah. know, I wanted a cost effective, but also technically effective managed service that didn't break the bank that operate, operated as a true extension of my organization that, you know, delivered the outcomes I actually cared about, like actually detecting and responding to threats in a more effective way. And 
that's what we built Sideris to do. We had a, you know, like you say, meteoric rise. I think we were like the fastest growing, you know, all the external labels that people put on you. But, you know, some of the analyst firms said we were the fastest growing MDR that ever existed. And then we had the highest exit multiple of any MDR company that will ever exist. They said when we kind of sold at the peak, I think ever is a long time, but I do understand, you know, we, we kind of timed it at the right time. We built the business in the right conditions and, uh, you know, we're able to, uh, you know, put something together kind of at that side. And then it's been really exciting to see, you know, we, you know, the private equity transaction and then, you know, selling it to a literal shark, you know, and Robert Hershevec, who, uh, you know, took over the company and is now shepherding it on to continued scale and greatness. Yeah. I mean, I remember when I saw that announcement, I was like, wow, this is, this is awesome. But I mean, you, I mean, there's so much in there and what you share. One, I love the fact that you, you saw the need, you're passionate about the need, and then you fixed it, right? I mean, you, you went and you, you took it on, you know, with Gary Fisher's sort of uh, gentle nudging, right? You took on this challenge and, and you built something really great. And, and the, the reward was, I'm sure there was the, you know, the, the reward of growing a great business and the financial world that comes along with that, but, but there's gotta be some great satisfaction in building something you can really be proud of that really address this gap in the scene. For those that aren't familiar, Sideris is a, it's a type of acronym, not, not a Perlera acronym. Can you just explain the name real quick? So I think I, I, I didn't know that till late in the game. I was like, oh, that's really clever. Can you share that real quick? Yeah, I got to say one of the hardest things these days seems to be naming a company. And, <laughs> you know, the biggest thing that I personally look at advice for other entrepreneurs, I'm a big believer. I, I used to be an SEO guy, like way back in the day. And I'm still a big believer in like setting up some of the basics of search engine optimization. And what that one of the things that you always looked for with that was the concept of white space. And what you mean by that is when I go search a term, it does, you know, a, a 10 million results pop up that have nothing to do with it. So this is why a lot of companies pick the, their own name, they invent a word. And what we did with Sideris, I actually did this uh, with a previous startup way back in the day uh, that, you know, we never got a ton of traction, but it was basically coming up with a, uh, you know, not an acronym, but a shortening or a combination of a couple of words. And yeah. so Sideris came from, we took the first couple of letters of cyber defense and response, C-Y-D-E-R-E-S. And Sideris.com was available. And like those two things, when you search for the word Sideris, you didn't find anything else. Yeah. You know, the, the, there was like a different misspelling of an old word for like a, a OE cider drink. Yeah. And it was like, hey, if the cybersecurity thing doesn't work out, we'll start making hard cider. <laughs> no, no, nothing stopping you from that path, Joe. You can still well, yeah, there. <laughs> But I mean, it, 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 it's a clever, it's a, it's a good point. So free tips for those who are listening, right? On, on, on name development. But I, mean, I really love that story. I really love seeing all that you accomplished with Sideris. And I just led to a lot of other things since. And I also, you know, to be honest, I, I love the rant that you referenced, right? Because it's it's still a fair rant, right? There's a lot of investment into security technology, and and the reality is the problem is just getting exponentially harder. It, it, there's, oh, for sure. There's a lot of reasons for that. You know, it's not a it's not a fault thing. It's just it's a it's a really tough problem, and that's oh, why for... it takes, you know all hands to really work on. It. And, and but you've done a lot to contribute to positively changing that dynamic and helping organizations you know be more prepared and able to respond to things that are going to come their way. And I, I love that. So. Andy, I, I appreciate that. And sorry yeah. to interrupt, but you, you make a great point there that I, I actually wanted to hit on, which is, you know, it is all about a team in that, you know, this wasn't just me and you could, I could have never done this, never been this successful without the team that we built around us. You know, it was very much a we, not me scenario. You know, I wouldn't have been in that 
position in the first place, if not for the challenge from Gary Fish and the support that he provided in the direct mentorship and leadership. But, you know, we built a great leadership team around us, a great executive team, a great, you know, technical team of all the people that joined the company. You know, it's really the heart that was one of the big lessons too. Building a managed services company, it's very different than building a software company where, you know, when you're building software, ultimately the product is the most important thing that matters. And, you know, yeah, the people that you hire build the product, but, you know, in a, in a software company, it's the product. In a services business, it's the people. And yeah. so, you know, it's literally the success of Sideris was down to literally every person that believed in the journey, that believed in that Jerry Maguire rant of like, we can do it differently, who were true believers and came over to try to sort of change the face of the industry. And I'm incredibly grateful to that amazing team that we assembled and, you know, all the people that are still fighting the good fight there. Yeah, no, that's actually a great segue where I wanted to go next, but I mean, you're hundred percent right. I mean, from my time, whether it was, you know, with the U.S. Army patch on my shoulder or when I was, you know, a contractor helping to support operations at a still new DHS at the time, right. or the work I get to do at Gate 15, it's all about being surrounded by incredible people that, that one, put up with you, right? I mean, you know, <laughs> the teammates that have put up with me over the years, and, and they just sort of believe in what we're trying to do and make it successful. God knows I couldn't do anything on my own. Um, my wife will be the first one to tell you that I think I'm way smarter than I am. You, know, you need good people around you to really help drive ideas and visions forward because you can't do everything on your own. You don't know everything on your own. And yeah, absolutely. Great teams are critical. And so that's kind of where I wanted to go next, right? Before Sideris and since, your leadership has helped to create and foster high-performing teams, right? Those critical teams that make these ideas real and successful. And I think leadership is truly an art. And you've proven it's an art that you personally can excel in, right? So what has helped you build and propel those high-performing teams? Oh, Andy, that's a great question. And I mean, you know, leadership, I think, is an art and a science. Um, you know, I think there are a lot of great resources out there that have helped me. Um, I would probably divide it into a few different categories. You know, one has absolutely been mentorship. I know I touched on that already, but, you know, finding a great mentor who can, who's been there before, who can help you with those lessons um, you know, who can shepherd you through the, your path and through your career and help you get where you're going. Um, peer mentors are also, you know, peers, peer mentors are super helpful too. Um, that's been, you know, one of the things at Sideris, I joined a peer group of like people who were also starting companies, you know, where it was like, you had to be either the CEO or president or like, you know, top one or two people. And, creating that peer group of people to share things with and share ideas with was, was super valuable. And it kind of mirrors, you know, you see this a lot with the CISO groups too, right? Where I was a part of CISO groups where we'd share best practices. We'd talk about everything from the vendors we liked and the vendors we didn't, but you know, how we were actually doing things. Um, I personally am a big reader. Uh, I'm a big podcast person. I'm a big media person in general. I guess I just consume, I consume a lot of media. Um, you know, I don't, I don't do a lot of downtime and like if I'm doing downtime as I'm reading a book or I'm listening to a podcast or, you know, some, some other kind of form of media, um, you, you know, some great lessons that I've taken from that. And I, we run a culture deck. I've always been a big fan of you know, sort of laying out in every company, this is our culture. And every one of my culture decks always has a recommended reading list. 
Um, you can get my current recommended reading list. Uh, either I've got a medium blog post that has a bunch of stuff on it, or our stairwell culture deck uh, has a lot of this at culture.stairwell.com. Some of the great leadership books that I really like, um, you know, zero to one hard thing about hard things. Uh, big fan of Jocko, not only, you know, his podcast, but his leadership books, uh, you know, have been really big influences on me, you know, things like extreme ownership and some of the other concepts that he's uh, relatively talked about. I, I love that. You know, I'll be honest, you know, mentorship's always been a hard one for me um, for a variety of reasons. And I, I really, uh, I, I admire and respect those who've been able to do that successfully, both those that have received and grown through that experience and those that then in turn go back and serve as mentors to others, whether it's that direct you know, I'm going to shepherd you along or that peer network and those peer networks are so critical. You know what I mean? So um, it's always been an area that I've, I've struggled with and, and appreciate when I see it work successfully. I'm so glad to hear you talk about that. And I love the culture deck. I'm going to, I'll find the link for your medium uh, blog. I'll share that. And I'd love to check that out more myself. That's something I haven't really uh, seen a lot. I'd love to see and learn more about that. I'm sure some of those listening will as well. So we'll share that link. If you really want to check that out, both the uh, medium link and we'll share it directly from stairwells culture deck as well. It's such a, a cool idea and a way to understand who is this organization? Who is this person? I, I love that. So looking forward to diving into the mind of Eric Foster a little bit more uh, looking at that. That, that. That's great. <laughs> yeah, honestly, I'd have to say like, you know, I've, I've been asked like what, you know, what I attribute some of the great success of Cideris to. And I think quite honestly, some of it for sure was the classic we already talked about of like I was building and we, we together came together to build something that did a direct market need you know, that was a personal problem that I had, where I was very empathetic to like, this is what a CISO wants. This is what they want out of the service and everything else. But probably the single greatest thing in, in scaling any company and something we're just laser focused on at Stairwell today too, um, is really, truly culture. And, you know, culture is it's who you are. It's what you practice. It's not words that you put up on a wall or anything like that. It's like, what is it really like to be in your company or be in your organization or you as an individual every day? And a great way to do that is this concept called a culture deck, which if you've never seen this before, Netflix really kind of pioneered this. They came out with this Netflix culture deck. That's a huge, like it's a hundred page type document that I've, I first saw back in the risk IQ days, I, I think when it came out and it was basically this guide to like, Hey, you're thinking about joining Netflix. Here's what it's like to work here. Here are the things that we value here, are the things that we care about here, are the ways that you're going to be successful. And I thought that was just absolutely incredible as an idea. And so I distilled and kind of created that same thing at Sideris that was you know, here's a look at the inside of our culture day in and day out, the things that we value, the things that we dis, you know, disvalue too. And um, just put that right in the front of who we are. And we made it a critical part of our hiring and selection process, but then we also made it something that we practiced every day. I mean, down to like, we would do regular culture awards of, you know, calling out, shouting out people that were displaying the cultural values and, you know, even spot bonuses tied to that. You know, it wasn't just, oh, these are our, our mantra and our vision that kind of a lot of people do, but like, no, this is, we've codified and we constantly updated, you know, individuals in the company would update the culture deck or would update cultural principles. And you just were constantly working through that. And then you were constantly defending it the entire way uh, that you were growing and scaling the company. I, I love it. I love, you know, the, re the real reason I host these podcasts is that I can learn more and steal ideas from people that I love. <laughs> this is a really great way. I mean, I, you know, I was just thinking recently, I had a conversation with 
um, with, with a teammate. And I was thinking about really, I, as we talked about being surrounded by, you know, wonderful people, there's really a spirit and, com and camaraderie and common, I think, sense of purpose amongst our team that deserves to be codified, you know, something like I, I really love what you've detailed there. I'm, I'm definitely going to check it out more myself. And again, if you're listening, if you're thinking about taking that plunge and starting your own business, or maybe you're already down that path, what a great and powerful idea this is. So Eric, thanks for sharing that. I know I'm personally going to you know, learn from that. I look forward to learning more about it. I'm sure others listening will as well. But let me let me continue the journey. So I mean, you you, you, you did Sideris, you, you've built these successful teams. Today, you've, you've, you've moved into a new role, right? So more recently, you've got involved with a company you've mentioned several times already, Stairwell, where today I believe you're serving as a chief operating officer. Can you talk to us about Stairwell, what the company does and what you're doing there? Yeah, for sure. So Stairwell is just an incredibly interesting company to me. Um, you know, Mike Wysak is our CEO and founder. Um, a lot of people will know that name, you know, has a lot of, a lot of weight in the industry, but, um, Mike was ex-NSA and then was an early employee at Google and was sort of the tip of the spear of Google's, uh, basically reaction to, uh, what was one of the first most notable APT attacks um, you know, literally before the APT was even a term, yeah. um, that there've been a couple books written about Operation Aurora. You can go Google that and find uh, some information on this. But like Mike was sort of tip of the spear of Google's response to that. And as a result, he ended up uh, basically give, being given the opportunity to create a group inside of Google called the Threat Analysis Group. And Mike founded and led that, uh, which was the, you know, you get, Google's basically arguably the most advanced or, you know, in almost any world, one of the most advanced technology companies on the planet. And Mike built, you know, essentially the most advanced security organization designed to detect and respond to the most advanced attackers inside of that most advanced organization. And then he went on to co-found a company called Chronicle that I was a big believer in that was sort of the cornerstone of our technology stack at Sideris. And so Mike, Mike and I became really great uh, both friends and business partners from that. And when Mike came out and left Google to start Stairwell, um, you know, he gave me the opportunity to join him first as an advisor and then uh, post my Sideris exit was able to come over here full time. So that transition, you know, Stairwell is a cybersecurity company that is leading what we believe is maybe the next big platform shift in cybersecurity. And, you know, really, truly, that kind of similar concept we talked about earlier, like Mike and I and the team here, we are building the kind of product that we always wanted to buy, that we always wanted to consume, uh, which is part of the sort of meteoric rise of stairwell here is everybody I show this to basically goes, holy crap, like, where has this been my entire life? This is, you know, some giant pain point that I've had, you know, every CISO role I had, every company I talked to, you know, other than maybe there are three or four of the like most advanced companies in the world that are like, oh yeah, we know this is a problem and we've been doing this this way and we built a whole stack to do this. But even those guys I talked to, they're like, yours is better, but we've, you know, done all this stuff to it. But it's, it's basically back to that earlier premise I was talking about of like, no matter how much companies are investing in cybersecurity today, bad guys are still getting through, right? They yeah. still are dropping malware, you know, even look at any of the biggest recent ransomware attacks. All of those companies were running like next gen EDR. They all have massive security stacks. They all have defense in depth. They all have a lot of the investment and a lot of the different tools. And it's like, but the bad guys are still winning. 
They're still winning every single day and they do it in part because the whole fundamental architecture that we have in our defense and detection stacks, the bad guys have access to those too. And, you know, essentially with their malware, especially the bad guys will go literally test a malware package against all the antivirus guys, all the EDR guys until they can get it through. And then they drop a, you know, new version of this ransomware package that doesn't get detected. They ransom the hospital and they move on. So stairwell was built to basically solve try to help solve for that problem. The, we know there are threats that are not detected by existing tools. And we kind of started from a first principles perspective of like, why is that? And how is it that we are actually successful at detecting the kind of threats that we do when we do detect those ransomware actors, those APT actors, what are we doing? Well, so basically kind of being at the right place at the right time at the intersection of a real strong focus on automation, a real strong focus on AI, ML, you know, the ability for machines to literally do some of what we could only do as a human before when coupled with advanced automation and machine learning and AI sort of tactics to focus that on cybersecurity in a novel way. And that novel way was looking at what we call ground truth data. And the ultimate idea of that is basically the way we've been doing cyber from the beginning has been the best we could. We started with logs and events and alerts and signatures in the old school antivirus days because that was the best we could do. And then companies came along doing amazing behavioral detection and creating all this other telemetry. And that was great. And that was the best we could do at the time. And we look at it as none of that's enough. Security is a search problem fundamentally. At least that's the way that security has been approached from the beginning is like we're searching for the attacks. We're searching for the attackers. We're searching for the threats. And Mike and I, in our last collective startups, we both kind of thought if we could just search better and search faster and search more, that would be the answer. And not to say that it wasn't because we did, like, I I feel like the partnership we had, Chronicle and and Sideris, did phenomenal things to advance the state of cybersecurity for our customers. But at the same time, we looked at it and said, is there another incremental leap beyond that? And so what we do with Stairwell to get there long story short, is we're actually applying the same cybersecurity analytics capabilities that you're used to with a SIM or with EDR or something else, but we're doing it on the ground truth data. In this case, the files themselves. So the short answer, we create basically a data lake of all of the interesting files that have ever been in an organization, the same way that companies are used to creating a data lake of their logs and events and alerts, the signals of a file. We're actually just saying, what if you could actually look at the files themselves? And what if you could look at them in the same way that some of the best reverse engineers, incident responders, detection and response people would do? Like when I came in and did a manual incident response, and spent two weeks in a company trying to figure out where are the bad guys, where have they been, what have they done, how much of that can we automate with machine learning, with AI, with you know software, and that's what we've built into the product. Yeah, that, that speeds up the whole process, I imagine, and, and it just it gives you a whole another level of visibility that probably those organizations never seen before, right? I mean, you're, you're probably getting a much more holistic understanding of the organization, just just understanding what's out there, what's happening, where is it. You've got it exactly. I mean, the sort of the fundamental value prop is what if you could call in a company like a world-class incident response company to do what they call a compromise assessment, you know, which usually is like a two to three week process might cost you a hundred, two hundred thousand dollars, maybe more. What if you could do that like a thousand times a day? 
for every single file, for every single threat. You know, the next time a new threat comes out, what if you could pick up the phone to your world-class consulting company, fly them in and have them look at your entire environment and say, is that threat here or not? Has it ever been here or not? Yeah. And what if you could do it every time you saw any new file, any new threat, any new indicator? That's basically what Stairwell is trying to do is automate that process and run it thousands of times a day to make it that much better at detecting and responding to threats. It's continuously monitoring the network and everything that's happened. I mean, it's, it's, it's an incredible challenge. Right? I mean, I mean, literally today, today we're, Eric and I are recording this on January 18th, and literally this morning, I saw three new ransomware threats, right? Two, two that um, I think were identified yesterday, one that I saw this morning and have never seen before. And it got confirmation from maybe my most trusted resource that he'd never seen it before either. Right. So when we when we see things like that, I mean, it, it, the, the threat is, is moving fast. It's evolving quickly. You can't keep up with it as a human. Right. I mean, you just physically cannot do it. Technology has to be part of the solution. You guys are really trying to take that on in a really novel way to really draw down that risk. Right. Continuous monitoring, continuous ability to respond. Therefore, it's incredible. Right. So I mean, it's really exciting what Sarah is trying to do. Really grateful for your leadership there and trying to find a way to help organizations protect themselves right one of the when my i've got a handful of things i love to say over and over again right in the world that we live in it's all about protecting people places data and dollars right and you're, and you're doing an integral part of that right by protecting that data you're really protecting people you're protecting that organization's dollars protecting that bottom line and it's a continuous process which is so critical because the adversary is continuously seeking to penetrate and cause havoc Right, so we've got to be equally de uh, deliberate in trying to stop that from happening. I, I love the idea of what you guys are trying to do there. We'll share a link for Stairwell. Eric, Eric alluded earlier to sort of the comic book uh, theme. And if you check out the website, you'll see that right away. And I love it. I, I love the way it looks. I love, the, I love the way it flows. So you can dive into more about what Stairwell is doing. But Eric, uh, well, let me, before, we, before we move off, I want to kind of ask you what you're thinking about. But anything else you want to say specifically about Stairwell from this listening? No, Andy, I really just appreciate it. And, you know, we're here to quite literally trying to make a big change in the cybersecurity industry. And we believe greatly in sharing what we do and, and helping other people and other companies. And I would just always say, like, if you're listening to this and there's something we can do to help you out, whether commercial or just, you know, human to human, we're here to help. Um, you know, happy to give any of your listeners access to Stairwell, let them try it out, um, let them, you know, see if we can do something to help. So don't hesitate to reach out. Eric's, Eric's genuinely passionate about the work that he does. So if he's making that offer, take him up on it, <laughs> right? Let's let, let's hold him to account on that. He'll do it. So so if you're listening, you're interested in questions, we'll put you in touch with the team. Just to be clear, gifting gets nothing out of that, except it helps secure our nation, helps secure our businesses, helps protect those people, places, data, and dollars. And we love to see that happen. So Eric, thank you. I know, I know you mean it. We'd love to connect people with you. I'm sure some listening will have questions, interest, and we want to make that connection however we can. But let's let's move into a couple of last areas here as we close out first. Eric, I, I like closing out and just hearing about something that you've been thinking about, right? I mean, you're a you're, you're a big thinker. You've got a lot of great ideas. As you sit here on the edge of 2024, looking at the year ahead and everything going on around us, just what's on your mind today? What are you? What are some of the things maybe you're thinking about? Yeah, that, that's a great open-ended question. I mean, I think there are two big areas of intersection for me that you know both you know they might seem like uh, a big separation in the Venn diagram, but I think they're actually coming together. Uh, very interestingly. So one in the, you know, geopolitical threat domain, as you're talking about, you know, sort of the increased evolution of conflict between the nation states, um, you know, what we're seeing with China, what we're seeing with, um, you know, the 
attacks on ships right now in the Gulf, what we're seeing with the conflict escalation in Israel and Palestine. I mean, there, you know, we live in a world where, as you well know, and I, I definitely use Gate 15 as a plug to stay on top of, you know, a lot of the threats that are coming and a, a lot of the view into those, especially people and places side of it. Um, you know, I think the world, it, it's really interesting and where this Venn diagram overlaps for me is like the world is accelerating so much in such positive directions with things like artificial intelligence and the, you know, ever increasing capabilities of computers and compute. And then at the same time, there also seems to be more division and more violence in certain ways. And it's interesting to see where those two things intersect, where we're seeing, you know, artificial intelligence and machine learning and technology deployed more in warfare uh, physical, kinetic, cyber, everything else is really interesting to me and is really sort of at the top of my mind as we move into this 2024 world. You know, the uh, the great analogy that we see of like drone ships, you know, drones being used to attack ships where we're dropping a $5 million missile to take down a $50,000 drone, I think is a fantastic analogy for so much of what's going on in cybersecurity right now too. But, um, you know, as you think about those sort of threats and the evolution of a more simplified attacker who's able to do more with less with the tools around them. You know, we've already seen AI being used to write way better phishing emails. We've seen especially AI being used you know, we've, we've done a lot of work in the past and been a part of a couple of groups, you and I both part of a trust group that does a lot to attack like business email compromise and the fraud and that that happens on individual actors. And we're already seeing a ton of that. Um, you know, one of these great new threats and attacks that we've seen have been AI generated, uh, you know, essentially deep fakes of phone calls to people going after, you know, wire fraud. Um, we've seen this in the wild of, you know, either like you take somebody like me who a bunch of my voice and face and everything else is out there and you call one of my employees for the gift card scam that we all know about of the, hey, I'm stuck in a meeting. Do you, you know, do this, uh, you know, buy some iTunes gift cards and send them to me. And I, you know, I don't get enough of those gift cards. So my employees really need to step it up and, you know, send me more of them. But it's very different if it's a very poorly crafted text email versus, like a phone call that is my actual voice. And yeah. as we all know as well, pretty easy to spoof call numbers, unfortunately too, where it's like my phone number and my actual voice picking up the phone to one of my employees saying like, no, I know this sounds scammy, but like, this is for real. I need you to go buy these gift cards and send them to me here. And I've seen proof of concepts. I haven't seen this in the wild, but I've seen proof of concepts of doing that with video deep fakes too. So imagine going to that next level of now it's a Google meet or a zoom or something else where I'm hopping on a video answering questions real time or something else. You know, it's going to be a next evolution of, I think both computer fraud, cybercrime, and even the nation state level attacks, you know, it's not too hard to, you know, I never want to like doom and gloom or, you know, fear, uncertainty and doubt this kind of thing. But, you know, you asked kind of the, what I'm thinking about. It's like, I, I really do think we're going to see an evolution of both cyber crime and maybe even like nation state level crime of like, imagine the resources you could put at something like this of like having a very spoofed 
message of the president or message of, you know, somebody else in power who's, you know, spreading a message like that of dis whether it's disinformation or actual transactional things. And it is starting out, but I've got to look again just this morning in our in our daily, uh, the sun that we send out. I know there's a link. I have to go back and pull it out. I didn't have a chance to read through it in depth, but talking about almost exactly that, right? Scams. I'm just looking at the headline here. Attackers target Romania using AI generated videos. And it's basically the idea of scammers using AI generated videos to look. I think it was like politicians and, and getting you know, that false message out. It's, it's exactly what you're describing. And that's, I mean, you get two really, I think, incredible points for me, right? One, the rapid development of technology is making our world a better place, more exciting place, a closer place, a more, a more prosperous place. It's incredible, but it also, like you said, empowers that, that, that threat actor to be more capable, more sophisticated, more advanced than they otherwise would ever have been. And that creates new challenges, headaches, and problems for all of us. And that, 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 that benefit and challenge is just reality. And that's always been the case of evolving technology and opportunity, right? There's applications for good and applications for evil. And that, that's why, you know, great guys like yourself are out there fighting the evil part of it. And I, I love what you're doing, but I, lo I love what you're identifying there as, you know, things you're thinking about, things you're trying to stay on top of. And it's exactly right, because that flash to bang time of sort of thinking about these evolving threats to them becoming reality is just getting closer and closer, right? I mean, it, the ability to make these jumps is happening so fast. It's, it's a dynamic threat environment for sure. And I'm really grateful, Eric, there's leaders like you and others out there, you know, the tip of the spear, thinking through this, finding ways to counter these challenges and really keep 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 our country and our world the safer, more enjoyable place. But let's let's pivot. Eric, we talked about some of the big scary things happening in the world. Let's go to some more fun, maybe sillier things. If you're listening to this podcast, either you, Eric, or those listening, I always like to come around and play three questions. One of my favorite parts of the podcast, and one I'm glad to be able to continue here in the new year. So for new listeners, I'm going to ask Eric three questions, and Eric, your challenge is just answer them without you know without thinking too much. It's the first thing that comes to mind. Even if your answer has nothing to do with what I'm actually asking you about, and yeah, your answer might be used against you in a court of law if it goes there. But I'm not. I'm not <laughs> going. So let's let's. You feel ready? No, I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan. I love this segment, and I love you know the Malcolm Gladwell kind of blink concept, right? Of like you know blink an answer. <laughs> All right, let's do it. Let's do it. Blinking is your option. You don't have to. But okay. <laughs> All right. So you started businesses. You've had great success there. If you were to start a new business wholly outside the information security space, what else would you want to do? Oh, man, uh, great question. So uh, for me, one of the biggest pain points right now, um, it's like home repair, construction, like yeah. home services. Um, you know, it's a skilled trade circumstance where there aren't enough like skilled people able to deliver those services. And I think it's one of those like regional things that you could like deliver a better home services, like remodel home, uh, you know, construction, you name it kind of thing like that. Um, it's hard work. My family comes from that background, but I got to say like the frustration now of like trying to have people work on your house or do almost anything these days post COVID is like insane. I feel like Eric is somewhat mocking me because that's exactly my life right now. There's people in my house tearing things down and building things up and the noise is unbelievable. So Eric, when you make that your, your reality, let me know and you can do the next round for me because this is, this is a tough experience. My, my office is in a new place. Everything's chaotic. So I love that. I appreciate it. I, I, you're absolutely right. You know, those, those real hard skills are lacking. There's not enough appreciation for those who are delivering those necessary services to, to all of us every day. So I, I really appreciate the thought behind that. But let's go in a different direction with question two. You got your warm-up question. Let's go somewhere else. So Eric, imagine with me, if you would, you're adrift in space, a small capsule floating into forever. 
You have three fellow passengers, none of who are friends or family, but can be anywhere else in time or space. Who do you want to have with you in your little space capsule forever? Oh man, that's a, that, that was a great one. Um, I gotta say, if I'm going into space, I'm taking Elon with me for sure. Uh, not just because I think he's one of the most incredible problem solvers and driven uh, solution people. So if I'm drifting in space, my first thought is like, I want to be with somebody who's a literal rocket man who has a chance of like, <laughs> if anybody's going to engineer something that's going to write that capsule and, you know, put us back in Earth orbit to be rescued, it's probably going to be Elon. <laughs> um, so he would be my first. I. Um, for sure. Um, you know, historical kind of people too, like the ability to, the ability to learn from, uh, both past leaders and current leaders is something I find individually fascinating. Um, and I'd probably again, blink moment, you know, I honestly would go a little off the cuff of somebody I really respect and admire, but I also really appreciate their writing style, their humor and their taste in music, which is Ben Horowitz. Um, so somebody at the intersection of venture capital and technology who I could listen to, talk to, learn from, and a lot of other stuff. And then uh, the third is I'd probably honestly take a musician um, which ties into to the Ben Horowitz as well. Um, I'd take somebody that I would, you know, if it's three of us stuck in a space capsule, like I, I'm a big music fan, I'm a big audiophile. I'd love, you know, love having somebody there who uh, would, you know, be able to keep us both <laughs> entertained and uh, a little different, little different change in the, in the, um, you know, in the flow of the day to day there. Ah, so sweet well. croonings in space, right? There you, so, there you go. So I, I love that. It actually leads very well into my last question. So maybe, maybe, maybe you got to look at these before I uh, spoke with you today. So let, let's go to our last one. So I think I mean, you, know, you know me, Andy, I'm an OSINT <laughs> guy. I'm, you know, it's just all intelligence. <laughs> so, so let, let, let's, let's, let's see where this goes. I'm curious now that you've sort of brought up the musician point there. So imagine rather than being an InfoSec expert, rather than having your high business acumen, Instead, you've been blessed with incredible musical talent, and one of your favorite performers needs someone to sub in for their upcoming tour, and you're that guy. You're the guy they're calling on. What band or artist would you want to tour and perform with if you were called into that role? Oh, man, great question. I, I, I'm a huge music fan, and I, a number of people know. I used to DJ as well, and it's actually nice. how I met my wife, and, you know, big, I mean, just... It, which came about as just pure absolute obsession into music and and, and everything else. Um, one of the bands that I'm, that it's maybe a little off the wall answer, although they've gotten really popular in the last like year. Um, but you know, before this, I think nobody knew who they were, uh, is actually a band called Sleep Token, which is a interesting kind of intersection of like a, a few different techniques of like, they, they've got a kind of electronica focus with a little bit of like really hard rock, almost into metal. And I'm really, in, I've been really into those guys for the last year. And I think they've got an incredible show an incredible stage presence. That'd probably be my go-to first answer, but an easier, safer answer. Um, I'm a huge Radiohead fan too. Oh, yeah. I'm a big Tom York fan. I've seen almost every tour they've ever done uh, in the U S and uh, you know, if they were to go back on a, on a road show, that would be another, uh, kind of easier, cheaper, more mainstream answer. Yeah. I, I, I love that. I'll be honest. I don't know sleep. Okay. I consider myself pretty well versed in, in, in music and I like to stay on top of things. And so 
I've got something to check out there. And I'm a big Radiohead fan. I've got, you know, Radiohead's been around for a long time. They do a lot of things. And I've got, I've got one of my many favorite playlists is, is my 90s playlist from the you know, time I was in high school and college. And of course, you can't have that without enjoying, you know, some of the great Radiohead classics there. So oh, absolutely. Great all around. Great I'll tell you, I'll tell you right up front, Sleep Token won't be for everybody, but it's an interesting, they're a European band that kind of comes from almost a like drum and bass DJ background uh, with their drummer. But then they've got like they've got a really technical drummer who's absolutely excellent with like some really hard guitar, like almost into metal guitar. And then a singer that comes from a background that's almost like a folk, like soft, like Ed Sheeran type guy in, in a lot of ways, but then has like a scream metal side to him, too. So it's a it's a really interesting combination of like two or three different genres that you would not expect that I'm a big fan of. Yeah, I, I like that. It kind of goes into a lot of things in my life. Like I like that next evolution. I like the, this is something different and new and interesting and, uh, you know, being on the kind of front side of that. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I mean, I think ever since I was in high school, I think the first sort of real good mashup I heard was uh, back in the day when Anthrax and Public Enemy got together. Absolutely. Right? And I, bring I, the I noise. Love, love that. Yeah, yeah, bring the noise. And, and ever since I've always been a big fan. I just stumbled on a, a, an English band uh, last week that dropped a song, a band called Yonaka. I heard him and I was like, what is this sound? Who are these people? I just love hearing things like that and sort of mashup genres. And it's just, it's just so much more fun when you you let things come together and fuse together like that. So, hey, we're not going to dive into an hour-long musical discussion. We'll save that for I, I, I definitely day. could, brother. <laughs> Next time. <laughs> but, hey, man, thank you so much for joining me today and to kick off the new year. And thanks for playing three questions with me. It's probably my favorite part of this podcast, although I've learned a lot throughout this podcast discussion. So as we wrap up, Eric, open floor. Anything else you'd like to share with our listeners just to think about, hear about anything? Well, thanks, Andy. I I just so tremendously appreciate this. I really, truly want to thank you both for the podcast, the great show that you guys put on and the great work that you guys do at Gate 15 and want to send a big shout out to that because I really do. I, I've been a subscriber and consumer of your guys's uh, reports, you know, for years and years. And it is an important part of my day reading that intelligence briefing. And if anybody's listening to this, that's not already subscribed, you really absolutely should be. Um, I also just want to send a big thank you and word of support to uh, all the people that we've got at stairwell that are fighting the good fight. You know, you mentioned like, you know, it's not a, it's not a solo effort. We're out here trying to punch bad guys in the nose, basically, you know, over the internet we're trying to make companies safer. And there are a lot of people here at Stairwell that are working really hard and diligently on trying to do that. But then I also want to send a bigger shout out to you. They're, they're these uncelebrated heroes of cybersecurity everywhere. You know, there's a obviously a few trust groups and networks that we're a part of that won't be named. But, you, you know, the people out here that are fighting the good fight Cybersecurity is a crazy grind. Um, I think a lot of people don't appreciate the level of burnout that can go into it or the level of stress that comes from it. Because if you're listening to this and you're not a cybersecurity guy, you think about it, it's it's very it's not the same, but it's like an analogy of being a beat cop a lot of times, or like you know, a police officer in the field, and that you're constantly a target, you're constantly in some ways under attack. You know, there's a constant stream of bad guys that are doing bad things that you're designed to intercept and retaliate or, you know, intercept and, and resolve. And so there's a huge amount of sort of burnout and stress and everything else that comes from the cybersecurity profession. It's part of why I've been so passionate about trying to build companies that could help make people's lives easier in cybersecurity. 
Um, you know, literally what we're doing at Stairwell every single day is trying and why you mentioned the website, like why we put the superheroes on the website. We're celebrating the defenders. We believe Stairwell is designed to give you, if you're a defender, superpowers. And I'd love to show you and get your feedback if you're listening to this. But otherwise, you know, keep your head up. Know that you're fighting the good fight. You're doing an important thing that is important, not just for yourself, for your company, for your country. Um, you know, cybersecurity is the next battleground and is an important one for us as a nation. I love that, man. Uh, there's so much goodness in what you just said. I mean, yeah, one, indeed, thanks to you. Thanks to your teammates at Stairwell. Thanks to kind words about Gate 15. And that that cop you know, analogy is so right on, right? Because it's just, just like that day-to-day -day fight, it's during those... Friday nights, Saturday nights, those holiday hours, those times when nobody else wants to work, we want to go out and celebrate, enjoy ourselves, that the greatest stress comes, right? Whether you're you know, securing Times Square on New Year's Eve, we're securing your enterprise because that's when the attacker is going to come and know, knows that you're vulnerable. It, it's very similar, right? Great challenges and, and those, those, those godforsaken hours, um, you have time away from family, from friends, from life, from festivities. It, you're absolutely right. Everything you said there was, was exactly spot on. Eric, Thanks so much. Thank you. Thanks for being a part of this. This was a lot of fun. This was really illuminating for me in a lot of ways. I've really enjoyed this conversation. Like I said, you're welcome back anytime. Thanks for doing this today. And thanks for all that you're doing every day and have been doing. I'm really appreciative of our, of our friendship and the chance to talk with you here and for others to get to know a little bit more about Stairwell and the great things you're doing to help secure enterprises in our country, you know, by taking care of those key businesses. So thank you. And again, happy 2024 to you and yours and to all of our listeners. You made it a great year in podcast last year. Everybody that's listening, thank you for that. And I'm looking forward to doing more as we roll into this new year. Thanks for being a part of our Gate 15 community. Please subscribe to our podcast channel. Listen and share your ideas and other feedback on the socials. We're on Threads, LinkedIn, and, and all the others. You can reach out to us. You can talk to us at podcast.gate15.global. And if you want to talk to Eric, you can reach out to Stairwell. You can reach out to us, to me, and we'll gladly put you in touch. Take him up on his offer. Let, let the man work and show you all the great things they can do to help you secure your organization and the work that you're doing every day. Until next time, have fun, live free, and try to be at least somewhat reasonably safe. Thanks for listening.